Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centered Chicago White Sox podcast. Hosted by Nick Borowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to episode 147. It's Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. I am Nick Borowski. You can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcast. Simply subscribe every new episode. Heads into that inbox if you like what you hear, and we hope you do. Pass it along to other Sox fans. You could find us on Twitter at GoodGuysTV. We've also got a Facebook fan page. And for a low, low price, you can find some very comfortable, very affordable Good Guys Talk Back t-shirts on the ShyCitySports.com website. Uh, so much White Sox stuff to get to. Uh, some interesting uh, stuff just dropped a few hours ago involving uh, some relief pitching for the White Sox. So we're going to get to all of that on this pre-Thanksgiving show. Let me bring in my co-host, Pat Hester. Hello. Nick, you mentioned the Good Guys Talk Back t-shirts, and mm-hmm. that's going to be fantastic for, for Thanksgiving because not only are they black and black is slimming, they are forgiving. So you mm-hmm. can eat whatever you want mm-hmm. on Thursday, and you're going to look fantastic and slender. And uh, you'll be very comfortable as you gorge yourself and stuff yourself full of mm-hmm. all your favorite goodies. What is, what is your favorite thing to have on Thanksgiving, Nick? What does a uh, Nick Morowski look forward to most on Thanksgiving Day? Oh, you know what? This is not going to be a popular one, but I, I love the stovetop stuffing. Uh, stovetop? Oh, yeah. Not a, I don't need a homemade, uh, you know, multi-generational, uh, unique uh, recipe. Just give me some good stovetop stuffing. I'll put a little gravy on that. But see, I am a combinations guy. You know this about me. I'm multiple adjectives when I look for any type of food. So I'm okay with the foods uh, on my Thanksgiving plate getting to know each other. You know, I I get it all. You know, sometimes I'll have food on top of food. It'll be under, there'll be some surprises underneath things. So I like, you know, when in my, when I have a bite of food, there needs to be several different things on the fork or spoon. So you I'm not experienced at all. You're an inclusive person and that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't go, like, I know some people have to keep everything separate on their plate and they go clockwise or counterclockwise and how they eat uh, the things on their plate. I I'm, I'm, I love it all. It, it all goes together. Uh, well, Pat. you embody everything that's good about America. You, you, you want it all. <laughs> You're the melting pot yeah. uh, of Thanksgiving mm-hmm. meals. Good for you, Nick. Now, uh, I, I, you, you mentioned the forgiving of the clothes, Pat, do you choose the pants you wear for a Thanksgiving meal based on the fact that they're going to need to be forgiving that they might need to stretch a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I, I tap into my wife's old maternity pants mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. put those on. Yeah. Those are fantastic, mm-hmm. my man. Those are just, uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing restricting with those. They've, yeah. uh, she's got some old belly, uh, hover covers, which are fantastic. You know what okay. these are? These are good. So <laughs> these are when, um, when your wife is sure. far along yeah. and she can just keep the pants unbuttoned and then you flip the sleeve like over yourself mm-hmm. and it's just, it just covers it up. It keeps the pants up, but you can keep the pants open. It's yeah. like a big elastic waistband mm-hmm. that you wear when uh when you're with child and that's wow. kind of what i feel like on thanksgiving day yeah. I, like i'm with something and uh and this year it's going to be a 13 pound turkey i can't wait to 
carve was, that was there off. a Simpsons episode a long, long time ago where, where Homer tried on clown pants and they were the most comfortable <laughs> fitting pants? Uh, yes, I feel yes. like you're, I just I feel like parachute that. clown pants yeah. are, are great for a Thanksgiving <laughs> day because sometimes you're visiting multiple families, you're traveling around in and out of the car. Uh, you know, desserts to be had. And if you don't eat at, you know, multiple homes, you're offending people. Yeah, you don't um, want to do that. So you might as well get some some very, uh, you know, cl- cl- some sort of clown pants. I'm sure there are, you know, you there are some of these party stores and some of these uh, costume places are still looking for business during Spirit you know, Halloween. Oh, they've got to have a sale going on right now. Yeah, sure. So uh, that's interesting. Um, well, uh, we got a lot of things to be thankful for, Pat, uh, about uh, our White Sox this past year and things moving uh, forward. Uh, let's get to the latest and greatest. Um, it, it sure seems like this is this is happening, pending a physical and, and this, that, and the other. But uh, just a few hours ago, Pat, uh, John Heyman started it all, from what I, I gathered, that a deal was in place for the White Sox to acquire right-hand pitcher Kendall Graveman, uh, a relief pitcher, uh, three years, uh, $24 million. That is all what has been speculated. A lot of folks chiming in on this, that uh, it sure seems like it's an agreed-upon deal. Nothing, of course, official yet. Um, he, uh, you know, I'll get to his numbers in a, in a little bit, but your immediate thoughts when uh, this started percolating and you heard about this Graveman deal. Yeah. I mean, I, as I sort of look into it a little bit more, it's a nice move. It's exactly what you need to do is you need to retool and kind of reshape this, this bullpen. You know, we went into last year thinking that the bullpen was one of the strengths of the team and ended up not being the real strength of the team. And now that you bring in, in Grayman, then you really are, are in, you know, a position of power when it comes to, to negotiating and making a trade for Kimbrel, right? So it, it makes it a lot easier when you when you solidify a bullpen and you've got something that's an access that other people need. It, it, it makes your bargaining chip even uh, that that much uh, more attractive to other teams. So uh, you're in a position of power. You can you can now negotiate and get the best deal you can for Kimbrel because you really don't need them, but other teams really do. So uh, yeah, I'm, you, I'm you excited took, about. Um... It. You you took a you took a guy off the board that was coveted, yeah. uh, I, you know, and now it's like, well, Kimbrel now is one of the only guys that could be uh, available, and he's really not available, but he is available, yeah. you know. Um, uh, so we'll we'll get to uh, what do that what that means in just a second. Uh, Graveman is coming off uh, just a great season. He had a he had a one point seven seven ERA. Uh, in 53 appearances between the Mariners and the Astros. He came over to the Astros uh, late in the season, a dominant in October, uh, holding a 1.64 ERA and nine appearances through the World Series. Um, you know, the, sometimes relievers are, are tricky, uh, Pat. Yeah, it's, it's finicky. For sure. You know, you you might not uh, you might not be able to repeat uh, what you had the previous year. We've seen that in our end on the south side with a couple of guys that, you know, just could not put together a 2021 to mirror their 2020. Uh, worried at all, Pat? Are you? Uh, I, you know that, what? I worry you know? more about those relief pitchers that come from the other league because it takes them a while to figure out. You know, coming from going coming from the National League to the American League adjusting to, you know, facing nine hitters in a lineup rather than eight. And, and that, you know, 
time it takes them to get acclimated to other teams, new stadiums that they maybe haven't pitched in a lot. I like this, you know, inner league or in, in the league uh, moves with, with relief pitchers. I think it works out a little bit better. So again, I'm not going to hang my hat on it because we've seen it and I've, I, we've all seen it. The uh, good, bad, good, bad, good, bad with relief pitchers, but you know, on paper, it looks good. So, and you've got to make this move. You've got to continue to build up that bullpen because you've got a lot of moves being made. I saw some chatter out there about crochet, you know, in, in terms of they really eventually see him moving into the starting rotation someday. This year, maybe not, but maybe the year after. So you really need to have solid depth and and longevity in your bullpen. Yeah, it, it, this feels like a Tony Larusa move. Um, you know, you, you you talking to Cardinals fans over the years, and and how, how Larusa values a bullpen, what he wants to do with the bullpen, a, a mm. trademark of his, and. He comes over to the sacks last fall, and, and the big splash is Liam Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, at the trade deadline, the sacks go after Tapera and arguably the best, you know, reliever available in Kimbrel. Uh, you got to feel like that was Tony in the organization's ear saying, Get me, get me the arms. I, I want a lockdown bullpen. Now, it didn't work the sa- in the sacks' favor. Um, it just didn't. And Han has spoke, spoke about that. You, you got to feel like Tony, again, is, is talking to the organization. But to your point, I don't think you really need a lot of people to point fingers at, at the holes that the sacks have. It, it has to get shored up. You're, you're yeah. going to lose Kopech. He's going to come into the rotation. Um what does this mean for Tapera? Do you think, uh, you know, pitchers are getting paid right now, Pat. I I think to go back to exactly what you just said, I I think Tony got a up close and personal look at at Ryan Tapera and what he means to the team. I think if, if Tony's got his druthers, he's bringing him back. If we can, if we can re-sign him, bring him back. I think that's extremely valuable and, and would be a fantastic move if you can get that to, to work out for you. Now, uh, again, I think a lot of this hinges and I, you know, I've talked about it with you a lot. This is a unique time for this organization more so than we've ever seen given the sense of urgency with the manager and the owner's ages and where they're at in their careers and their lives. We've never seen it like this before. So I think they're extremely motivated to win. Now, are they going to be the top spending team in, in the American league and baseball? No, not going to happen. But I think they'll be extremely aggressive. And if and if Tapera is on their radar to bring him back and he's a piece that they need to continue to have a, a dominant bullpen where the pen is mighty, right? Mm. Like we talked about mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. And that's the way Tony wants to manage to shorten the games, right? So we can get five out of our starter. And then you you feel really, really good after that about your chances to win if you've got a lead. I think that's the recipe for for winning the division again and going deep this year in the playoffs. Yeah, it's a good first move to bring Graveman in. And I personally, and I know I'm not alone in this thinking, feel like the fact that they're making Graveman their first move almost means that they have an idea what they want to do with Kimbrell. Um, oh, yeah. You know, because you're not making that move without having a really good idea in, in, in my mind. And a lot of rumors flying uh, over the last few days, and now specifically this evening, uh, about teams like the Mets, uh, the Phillies, mm-hmm. very active in interest with Kimbrel. Um, 
what do you see? What do you see the sacks potentially getting uh, for Kimbrel? Uh, you think you think they could get Segura for second for a second baseman and just basically saying, hey, you know, we got to fill a hole in second base. Uh, we're not going to make a splashy deal with Simeon. You you give us uh, Segura for second base. We'll give you Kimbrel pretty much. Yeah. I, that would be a very Sox thing to do, right? Make the trade for the position of need that you have rather than pay the big uh, free agent money. That that makes a lot of sense Absolutely. to me. Absolutely, yeah. Especially when you have the asset to move anyway. So I'm okay with that. If that's the move that they need to make to to shore up a position, I, I'm okay with it. Um, you know, I, I don't know what you're going to get back for Kimbrell. I don't know because, this, yes, he is a future Hall of Famer and a great closer, but you know, he's had his ups and downs in the last three years. It's not like it's been fantastic for him. Yes, it was for the majority of his time, uh, the first half of this year with the Cubs. But prior to that, when he came to the Cubs and, and I think it was, you know, it was off the free agency or off an injury or whatever it was. And everybody he was, was late like, to sign. Yeah. He was, he was late, late signing to sign. and, and everybody was, you know, the cubby chubbies were, were, mm-hmm. were raging. And, uh, and he came over and it wasn't, it wasn't fantastic for him. You know, it was not good. <laughs> that headline, the cubby chubbies are raging. Uh, I'm sure uh, is going to haunt people's nightmares. Um, so and, yeah, anyway, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I don't know what you're, I don't know if you're going to get everything you think you're going to get, but again, based on the, the back of the baseball card, like we've already talked about the guys, you know, a stud closer, I, I, but again, I don't know what you're going to get in, in the Phillies organization. I, yeah. I'm looking at their organization and I don't know who you think you're going to get. I mean, you're going to get maybe some triple a uh, arms, a few of those Is guys. That that, enough, though? I think, you uh, need, no, I don't think so. I think you need to, if you're, if you're getting rid of a roster spot, you have to fill it with an active roster spot, which would be, which would be, I think a second baseman. Now it's not the dream guy that everybody wants, but it, like you had said, it's very socks. Yeah. Should the socks uh, be breaking the bank and going after Simeon Castellanos? They can, they should, they absolutely should. But you know, we, we exhaust this concept. I mean, it's the Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld, Jerry Reinsdorf. <laughs> I wish that'd be, that'd be funny. That would be funny. If Jerry Seinfeld, Seinfeld owned the team, this would be, yeah. uh, uh, this would be a yeah. more fun off season. Yeah. Than, than I think um, I was prepared for. Reinsdorf, you know, we know how he operates. So I, I think I think the next move that happens this offseason, uh, the next domino is Kimbrel's gone. And I agree. You know, and and I think it is to the Phillies. I really do. But who knows? You know, I I didn't I didn't predict this Graveman situation. I like it. It's a good first move, but it, it should not be the last move. Man. Right. Well, and and Nick, well, I will have you know that great insiders like not Steve Ciszek. Oh, sure. Uh, he's, yeah. uh, he's tweeting about it. Uh, the, a trade should materialize by 12 one, which just so happens to be, you know, as the, oh, convenient, the, uh, conveniently uh, it'll happen. And so does, uh, our friend, uh, cheesy beef. He's oh, sure. Uh, he's chiming in too. Uh-huh. So all yeah. the heavy hitters, yeah. you look at the, you look at the John Hamans and, yeah. and the, the, the people <laughs> in the know yeah. and the Bob Nightingales. I mean, mm-hmm. I go to the, the beef. Yeah. Well, tell you what's going to happen, you know, to each their own. Uh, This move, this Graveman situation uh, comes just a few days after uh, a really interesting um, article 
by uh, our friend Scott Merkin, uh, found on whitesacks.com, uh, involving TL- TLR. He's talking about uh, what he, you know, what he feels, what he sees uh, for the Sox in 2022. And, you know, he, he feels like, you know, the fans feel it, the players feel it, management feels it, but the organization, the, the higher ups, you know, they want to win as well. Uh, what did you take out of that article? You know, it was uh, it was a, a great read, and and Scott does a fantastic job, and and good on him for for all he does uh, for uh, bringing us Sox news. I really liked when I hear about you know Tony talking about the family atmosphere. I liked when he talked about you know the three things that r- really stand out for this team is one they like being around each other, they like being a fan, they are a family, they like to practice, and they like to compete. You don't see that all the time, so it's the stars that like to come to practice and work hard and they like to compete and put it on the field. So that is always a fun thing to hear. Uh, but you know, I, I, the one thing that really like caught my ears when he talked about, there is a budget Mm -hmm. to compete. Now you can look Mm -hmm. at that one of two ways. Sometimes when people hear budget, they get like, Oh gosh, they get the, the, the anxiety starts to fill up in their, in their bodies. And they go, Oh, there's a budget. Budgets are not good. We don't, we want, we want money to be thrown around, you know, like, you know, big time, you know, making it rain, but it's not the way this organization works, but the fact that there is a commitment to a budget to improve the team and and knowing what has to be done, like going back to what I, I said before, the sense of urgency right now, I think is there. I think it's real. And I think the dollars will be put there to continue to improve this team and give Han what he needs to, you know, fill out the rest of the roster. Again, will it be the top of the top? I don't know, but I think there'll be good moves. I think there'll be solid moves. And I think it will be ultimately to make this team a better team next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I did lo- uh, love hearing about the, the family atmosphere. I mean, we've seen those t-shirts that uh, folks are wearing in post game uh, zoom conferences that say family with the white socks logo. And, and I do feel like it's more than just a t-shirt. I mean, it is a, it, it could be a way of life with this team. You've heard it from a lot of players over the years, um, I do get the sense that uh, Larusa has uh, a better idea of what he's dealing with with these mm. with these players yep. and where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are. Um, I think some things caught him off guard. I, I you know he might not admit it, but I think the game was moving pretty quick at, at one point or another, and he wasn't really sure what we, what he had and. and right before he figured that out, there was a bunch of injuries. Yeah. So you, you never know what's going to happen. I, man, uh, I can't imagine having, having those have a rash of injuries again, like we had in 2021. Um, but I do think he's, he's chopping to get back at it. Okay. I saw what these guys can do now. My mind's working of how we can put into play a, a, a variety of different situations uh, and what what I can expect out of some of these guys, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I I get it. There, there is a budget. Everybody's got a budget, um, but I I think there is a sense that we're close here. And there are other teams that are nipping in the heels. I mean, Detroit's Detroit's getting there. I, you know, I I, I want to stay yeah. Sox focused, but you can't live just in a vacuum. I mean, the AL central is going to be stronger. We talked about it last episode. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think Detroit's going to be right up there with us. Uh, I I still think this is the Sox division to, to lose, 
but Detroit's going to get better. They, they know they can, and they've, they've got the arms um, to, to put up a, a fight. Yeah. Um, so I think the Sox have to answer. And, and this was a, this Graveman move uh, was a nice first move. You can never have enough pitching and it'll be curious to see what happens in the next, uh, what, six days, seven days, whenever um, the, the uh, clock strikes midnight on December 1st. Yeah, well, we'll see if uh, the beef and and not Steve Shishak. Oh, sure. Sells she sells down by the mm-hmm. seashore has anything yeah. to say? I mean, I'll be watching that and following yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I know you will, and I can't wait to hear uh, your report on the next episode. Um, <laughs> we, uh, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode, of course, uh, we're just uh, days, almost hours away from Thanksgiving, and. It's a, obviously a, a time to uh, gather, and it's a little easier to gather around folks uh, these days than it was last year. Um, you, uh, you know, you think about family and health and all those things. That aside, uh, you think you think specifically about the White Sox, uh, Pat. Uh, what are some things you're thankful for when it comes to this team? What we might have experienced yeah. in 2021, and, and maybe moving forward. You know what I, I put on you know, number one on my list was I was thankful to be at, you know, blackout game number two, you know, the, the long awaited sequel to 2008 Yeah, and uh, being in that ballpark, the electricity and the, you know, the atmosphere of playoff baseball is what we all are fans of for, right? That that's what we live for as fans is those moments and those times and you're around other fans and it's a raucous stadium and it's, uh, you know, it's just, electric right so that's what i was thankful for and i'm i'll be looking forward to more of those in the future not just once every so often right so that that was Mm -hmm. what i was thankful for number one number two you know the marketing of the team now there are some things i don't you and i don't agree with because we're old school you know we Mm -hmm. want thunderstruck played before you know in the intro to the games we want we would love to have nancy founce back you know yeah behind the organ you know playing uh you know na 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 hey hey goodbye like the old days but I do like the fact that that uh, that the South Side has become the place to be, right? It's fun. They've made it. They've made it a brand on itself to be and experience a game here, and it's cool to be a White Sox fan. It's cool to come to this ballpark, right? So we're, we know what other teams do. We know what our competitors do in the city and how they do things. This is how we do it. We know who we are. We stay in our lane, and this is how we're going to market the team. So I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, and those, uh, those city connectors, you know, I've come yeah. around to them for sure. Um, and you know, they hit that out of the ballpark. Boy, people are falling all over themselves to to get their hands on those uh, hot uh, item. And uh, you know, the fact that they've been re-released this fall, you're going to find a lot of those under the uh, under the tree and be given during uh, holiday gatherings. Yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm hoping you get me one. Uh, and I'm, I'm also thankful <laughs> for the community of Sox fans. You know, yeah, that we've, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't uh, up until doing this show with you, Nick. I wasn't a big uh, tweeter. Mm-hmm. I'm still not that big on Twitter. You're the one that mm-hmm. handles most of it for us, and mm-hmm. thankfully so. But uh, the community of Sox fans that we've engaged with uh, because of social media on this program and the people we've been able to reach out to and the great you know, writers and, and, uh, you know, beat people that, that cover this team. That's been fantastic. So, uh, and, and again, everybody that we've been able to get in touch with over the year and interview and talk white Sox baseball with, you know, those are the things I'm thankful for. And even, 
uh, you know, some of the things I see on social media that I don't agree with. It's, it's fun because it's all, you know, again, it's for the love of this, the white Sox, yeah. the team that you and I love. And, and, you know, it's our, it's the reason why we do this obviously, uh, once a week and twice a week, uh, during the year. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm thankful for. What, uh, mm-hmm. what say you fuzzy bitches? Yeah, I, I will go kind of, uh, I'll piggyback on that and kind of go reverse. Uh, boy, we, we were able to connect and meet so many uh, amazing people this past season. You know, we're, we're winding down in season three and, and very, very shortly, we're going to fire up season four officially. Not that that really means too much, but, uh, in the grand scheme of things, um, you know, we were able to uh, just pick each pick some folks brains that, you know, we, we might not have had access to before. And um, it, it's always for the love of the socks, as you had mentioned, um, you know, when you and I have wonderful, you know, conversations and, you know, we have sometimes disagreements and, you know, we're, we're just, you know, pick picking apart a, a game or a sequence well, it's nice to get a different perspective, and it's been wonderful to share that with so many, uh, so many folks that we've come in contact with. Um, th- that has been really enjoyable, and and thank you to the fans. That uh, thank you, folks, so much for passing this podcast along and and making this uh, you know such an important listen. Uh, been wonderful hearing uh, feedback from you guys and, and gals, and uh, please continue. Um, to spread the socks love. We, we do appreciate that so much. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I definitely, uh, enjoyed being at the ballpark more than I have in a long, long time this past year. It was lively. It was intense. Uh, there were moments walking in the concourse or, or waiting for concessions and it was just nuts to butts. And you felt like, ah, wow, uh, I'm not used to this. It's been a long time since we had these, this many people, uh, you know, in the stadium and you, for a moment, you got a little just aggravated. Like, I wish I had a little bit more elbow room, but then you said, you know what, this means that this team is a, is a must watch is a must see. And and folks want to be here for this. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be like that for a while. Um, so yeah, I would say a competitive team to watch, uh, specifically this past year, getting back into the uh, into the driver's seat of the AL Central, winning the division, back to back postseason uh, performances, and then I would say, Pat, Luis Robert, uh, to name a player, I am glad he is wearing a White Sox uniform. Mm. I am very thankful uh, he was hurt. Uh, but I would say he was one of the lone bright spots in the postseason. Uh, he is going to be a dangerous, dangerous uh, player uh, for this team, and, and I hope he's around for a long, long time. Uh, I, I can see this guy winning an MVP and, and just being a force on the yeah. south side. No, that's a, that's a great list, and I, I, I would agree with everything you just said. Well, good. Um, so what are you? <laughs> so that's good. That makes what are, good radio when the two hosts uh, agree. And uh, yeah, that's good. I'm just write that well, what are you not thankful for? What, what are you not oh, thankful boy. for? Uh, I got, I, I'll, you want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. Get, get it started. I, you know, I know this is going to rub people the wrong way, but eh, Zach Collins and Sevi Savala, eh, we can do better. Yeah. Uh, you know, I am, I am, I am not waiting to see their at bats uh, in Arizona. And I, and I'm not, you know, I'm not waiting to see them, but whether or not we're going to spend money on backup catchers, I, I doubt that's going to happen. I think that's, you know, 
that's what we're stuck with. Um, I, I hope we see better from them, but they, they don't do anything for me. No, I'm with you. Uh, that's, that's fine. That's a good, that's a good take and something you're not thankful for. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm not thankful for, you know, getting into the ballpark. That, 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 that is something that, uh, I that's, never a, that's a problem. Be, yeah. I, that was something I never thought I would, uh, have an issue with ever, even, even going to games when there was big crowds, the, the, the issue with the help at ballparks and, and, uh, you know, the entire service industry, you know, at that, this, with the world that we're living in, it's just craziness. And mm. uh, just trying to get into the stadium right now is, is, uh, is insane really is all I can say. So I am not thankful for that. That part of the experience of going to a game is not uh, something a 40 year old Pat enjoys. Yeah. I hope they make some improvements. Uh, it, it was a, it was a struggle, but you know what? There was a, I think uh, a sense of, well, I can show up to the game 20 minutes before first pitch and I should be okay because I, that's how it was a couple of years ago. Well, this team has gotten better. Uh, this, this team is interesting to watch. This team is winning. This team is fun. Uh, it wasn't like that in, in 2019, the last time we were able to be in a stadium. And, and I think folks adapted, but I don't think the whole parking, you know, how they were getting people into the stadium that didn't really adapt too much. And I, yeah. and I, that, that, uh, there were too many log jams all over the neighborhood. Um, and yeah, I, I hope that changes. Uh, that, that was a problem, if you, especially if you're coming from a long ways away. Yeah. Um, Agreed. so, uh, we'll, we'll transition into maybe, uh, to a, uh, a Christmas type wish list in just a, a moment. Um, normally around Thanksgiving, Pat, uh, you and I grew up as uh, WWF, which is now WWE, and this would be the Survivor Series pay-per-view. <laughs> this would be Thanksgiving Survivor Series with Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body, and Jesse the Body would have a big turkey leg in um, his hand. Uh, Come on, Gorilla! Um, ranting and raving about Hulkamania. Uh, and, I, and I loved it. We're, we're kids of the 80s, and some of those classic survivor series matchups it was the debut of undertaker i believe at one survivor series if i could put you on the spot if oh, you were if, if you would you're put not together gonna, you're not gonna really put me on the spot right now <laughs> are you well i'll you let you think your, about it not on did you say this in the rundown for the i just kind of thought about it oh my god I, all right you know, go ahead you put me on the spot if you i'll just you know if you had to put together a couple a couple players on your survivor series team oh, say there's a brawl uh, there's, there's a brawl that breaks out on field and you need, you need, uh, you need four guys. Um, you know, who are you putting together? Are you talking uh, old wrestlers? Like I, or am I'm, I picking I'm talking current white sacks, current, current oh, white sacks, okay. current so white got, sack guys. So it's shit's hit the fan yeah. and you're, you're, this is the situation. Bad yeah. things are going down. I got four people, uh, to pick in, in my yeah. corner. Holy Lord in heaven. All right. Well, yeah. Lou Bob's got to be number one. I mean, look at the yeah. man. I mean, he's yeah, he's, absolutely. Jack. So I'm going to write down yeah. Lou Bob. Yeah. I mean, just one. a clothesline from him. Yeah. I think would send somebody uh, into the ER. 
I, I'm going to take Liam just because he's crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. He right. is. He's the ultimate warrior. He, he's the ultimate warrior. He's he's probably what was the guy who would like lick people's heads? You talk about George the Animal Steel, who would be maybe eating turnbuckles, like a little crazy. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. George, yeah. he's got yeah. a little George the Animal Steel. Like, yeah, yeah, he does. Like something's off upstairs. Yeah. He's gonna bite somebody's finger. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Roddy. Well, no, I, I would take Roddy Roddy Piper if he was a White Sox, but. <laughs> I got I got Roddy Roddy in my head. Uh-huh. Uh, TLR, right? You got to take Tony. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, no, uh, yeah, not after I saw him strut uh, or shuffle from <laughs> uh, the dugout to. I'll, I'll take TA. I'll take TA in my corner. Right? He's going to be a high flying. He's going to be you know off the top rope kind of Jimmy Snuka or, yeah, or Macho right. uh, with an elbow. Uh, okay. Absolutely, he's got the athleticism. Maybe even a rocker, one of the rockers, Marty Chinetti or Shawn Michaels, just somebody that's a high flyer. All right. Now I got one more. Oh, well, maybe just because, maybe just because of the way he acted in that semi mini brawl that happened, not even a brawl that happened in Detroit with the Jose Abreu hit by a pitch slide in the second thing, Garrett Crochet. I think he was like the first one to engage people was Mm. was Crochet. So I'll take Crochet. He's an intimidating factor who rolls their pant legs anymore. He kind of looks like he's kind of crazy with the mustache. So Mm. I'll take Crochet. Those that's my lineup. You're probably surprised by that, but I'll take Lou Bob, Liam, TA and crochet. That's a fine. No, that's a fine group. Uh, I think you do really well uh, in the, in the uh, tournament of champions. Uh, (laughs) I I just thought I was curious because I, you know, I remember early mid to late eighties, you had, um, you had the Hulkamaniacs. I think you might've had big boss man and uh, oh boy. And then Rowdy's Rowdy's, uh, against Rude's Brood. Um, if, if you're not from the 80s and you have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, Keep listening, though. Yeah. It'll, it'll I, get better. I, yeah. I'm just, uh, <laughs> well, it was always a treat. Oh, it was always a treat. Thanksgiving time, Survivor Series. Uh, can't wait. Um, which I think they still churn out. I mean, I haven't watched in a long, long time. But uh, some of those classics, man, uh, this was the time for it, Pat. You can always YouTube it. So yeah, yeah give, give, give me your rundown. Give me your four. Who's, yeah, who's, I, who's I, well, with Nick Morowski, or don't you need anybody? Because I, you've got so much rage and, and anger. <laughs> I would take Gavin Sheets. Um, he is a oh. big dude. And I think that I, I like how we displayed a cooler head, even though you might not want that in the ring. I think he would be a guy that would, you know, uh, would not get disqualified. Uh, he, he would, he would keep it cool. Uh, and, and he's just, he, he's a big dude. Okay. Um, yeah, he's a big dude. I, you got to take a Bray, you. Um, you've got to take a Bray. That dude, the beating he has taken in 2021 alone, and what he has had in his career in terms of getting balls thrown at him, um, I feel like he can he could withstand just about um, anything. Um, Mancata is kind of like your your Shawn Michaels, like uh, after the rocker, kind of like athletic, but. You know, he's a really put together, um, really, really put together guy. He yeah, might but not... I feel like if, my God, if he, if he runs through the ring too fast, he's going to be like, you know, grabbing a hamstring. 
Yeah, I, I I don't think he'd be he'd do well like in a in a uh, submission or in a kind of like he wouldn't be a guy that got in early at a Royal Rumble and would be able to stay in till the end. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I I he's a guy that just the he legs on that guy. Costume. He probably would have the best exactly, and you need that. You yeah, you need okay. uh, you need a little bit of flair. Um, so you know I, I I've got three right now. I and fourth, I mean fourth the guy I want to take because you want to talk about a little bit of crazy is if I could take, if you would give me the permission to take a guy that's not on the current roster, but I think um, in this hypothetical, like street fight situation, <laughs> you could take, I, there's no, rule. I would there's take, no I would fun. take, I would take Polka. I, I would take Polka mania because that guy, you just want it because of the name. Oh, you of just course. want to have Polka mania shirts. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I got it. Yeah, so that that's that's where I would be at. Um, okay, Survivor Series. A lot of things go into it, um, but yeah, uh, no wrong answer, of course. Um, we'll we'll switch a little bit to to the Christmas uh, season, Pat, and and you've got a wish list. You had a mini wish list here of, of what you really want, and it, it sure seems like it's a position player. Well, you know, I, I put on, you know, all I want for Christmas is a second baseman and, sure. and this discussion about Marcus Simeon and it continues to go on and, and obviously White Sox fans pining for, for Simeon. And, and then you get the detractors out there, the, the poo-pooers that will say, well, he wants a seven year deal. He's not coming to the White Sox, which I understand, by the way, I understand why you would be, uh, you know, say this organization would never give uh, anybody a seven year deal. But the way I look at it, again, going back to my original theory with the sense of urgency with this ball club and the front office, I'll also transition into the the window of time you have your your young core together. You've got Luis Robert, his deal ends up, it, it ends 2028, Mancata 2026, Aloy 2027, and Tim Anderson 2025. If Marcus Simeon wants a seven-year deal, what year is this? 2021? That puts us <laughs> at 2028, right? So that lines up with, you know, somewhat of a, of a mm-hmm. Luis Robert deal. So even if you have a couple of years of Marcus Simeon towards the end of his, you know, his, you know, height, you know, or his, uh, he, maybe he's plateaued or starting to come down off of his, um, you know, his career, that's okay because it, it fits in his skill set and his timing and where he's at in his career fits with this arc of this young core, right? So that to me feels like it could work and it could make sense. Yes. Well, we know we're overpaying. We know we're, we're probably going to have to be creative on the back end and we're probably going to trade them and try and find a, a way to get out of this deal. The last two or three years, I, we get it as an organization, but we need to do it now. And it lines up with our young core and when we're our window of winning is. So that's, yeah. that, that's what gives me a little bit of hope is, mm-hmm. am I crazy? No, you're not. You're not crazy. The argument could be made, and as we said at the at the top of this episode, uh, the Sox should be in the contention for Marcus Simeon. They, they should be able uh, to open up the wallet and and, and pay that guy. Uh, and if he is the best available at that position, we need a second baseman. Yes, the White Sox should always be in the conversation of you know where the Dodgers are or where the Yankees are. Uh, but they aren't. And, and I can't remember them ever paying premium money for premium talent when it came to like that it guy uh, that during the off season, like that free agent, that's the one that's, that's the one you want. 
I can't remember the sacks ever being that guy. You know, last year with Liam Hendricks, it, it happened. That was the guy that everybody wanted, but position player. So I, yeah, I would be shocked if it happened. Uh, just money alone, because um, I know there's other holes that they need to fill. But yeah. hey, I'm I'm with you with the second baseman. I am, you know, I'm not happy about it, but. I'm starting to come around with Vaughn and Sheets in right field, try to figure that thing out. Hopefully the bats are clicking for them in 2022 and we'll deal with the fielding. It's it's second base. I'm with yeah. you. Second base is what I really want uh, of, above average, man. Let's not settle for a Cesar Hernandez type. Uh, well, but, and, but and it we, might, you, we might end up having to do that. And it didn't look to me like when I, I just happened to be perusing the top, you know, top 25 free agents, you know, in this year's class, it's not like it's riddled with second baseman, right? It, it's riddled with shortstops. So, you know, my next thought is, well, and, and it's going to be, it would be an interesting thought is what about Javi Baez? Now he's a shortstop, but they've always talked about, he could play second base. He's obviously athletic enough to make the move and he would be, you know, fantastic. Uh, defensively over there that might come at a little bit of a cheaper cost again it's gonna be a lot of strikeouts but he did perform well with the Mets when he was there he performed obviously well with the Cubs but you know it's a lot of swing and miss a lot of strikeouts so can you live with that can you live for the all or nothing type of, of player and can you live with the you know well you know give basically giving the middle finger but in a thumbs down fashion to your fan base if that happens you know, yeah, so, I, I don't want him on the team. Pat. No, I, I'm telling you right now. I see your argument. I I, I get it. Um, you know, he he can he's gonna play somewhere, and and he he could play second. Um, I just don't. I, I don't know. I don't think it's gonna be with the White Sox. I, I I don't think they're gonna go out and they're gonna spend for a second baseman. I think it's gonna come through trade. Um, but if they were to spend, I. I that would that would be, I think, kind of a lateral move. Um, I, I, it just doesn't sit well with me. And and, and you, explain. Um, I think because of his time playing with the Cubs for so long, and I, I don't, I don't want to say he's he's damaged goods or he is on kind of the back nine of his career, mm. but. It, which could be a very Sox move to take a guy that's kind of past his prime. Uh, I think he's got some playing days left, uh, but this, the way he, his performance with the swing and miss stuff, I, I just don't know if that's the type of guy that's going to fit in this team. And, and I, I can't disagree with you. And I, I think a lot of the, the, the fan base would feel the same way as you, Nick, because, you know, I, I've, made a couple notes on here about how the fan base is treated former Cubs when they come mm -hmm. over to this team, you know, they mm -hmm. look at Ryan Tapera and again, early on, it's not like he was pitching fantastically and he was given the rough ride to start until he got his, his, you know, what together. And obviously we know what happened with Kimbrell. Kimbrell never got it right. He had a lot of, he, he had the Cubs stink on him, you know, the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And he got booed uh, during the starting lineups of the playoff game or uh, the, the blackout game. So, I get it. It's real, right? For whether whether you whether you agree with it or not, the coming from the Cubs to the White Sox, you are not going to give the benefit of the doubt right off the bat. You better perform 
right out the gate or else you're you're going to be looked upon as a pariah and again anything you do is going to be magnified and talked about and uh and you're not going to be a, a, a fan favorite for sure so um you know i i hear you with uh with javi Baez. i was just trying to find out how old he is but i'm not seeing it here uh, i think he's still got years left and i think he's still in his prime if you ask me but again not disciplined at the plate and you know i think if you look just looking at him as a player i feel like he's a guy that is above the team right and to be on this team we talked about the family aspect and talked about being inclusive mm-hmm. and it's all yeah. about us i feel like he's a guy that would be outside of the circle if you will so yeah. but again he just it popped up for me because i think he was a top 15 or so you know, uh, free agents for this year. And again, mm-hmm. the, the pool for sh- second baseman is, is thin. Yeah. So if you're looking to think outside the box and again, Marcus Simeon is a guy that's really a shortstop that wants to get paid like a shortstop, but can we bring him in as a second baseman? So th- again, mm-hmm. the, the need is there, but is the, you know, availability of, of talent there. So you yeah. have to be creative in how you do this. Creativity is definitely what the sacks like to do. Um, and they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out somehow. We might not be happy as a fan base, but they'll, they'll be a second baseman. Um, that we are, uh, and it's not going to be wrong. Maybe against- they don't. Maybe they just have, uh, uh, maybe they put out your cardboard cutout. Nick Murawski, we have got a really different approach. This, we've really put our heads together here. I don't think we need an actual second baseman out there. Um, it's not going to be Romy Gonzalez. It's not going to be Danny Mendick. I think they're going to they're going to have an an actual major league uh, second baseman that can produce above average. Um, I, I just don't think it's going to be Baez, and I would love it to be Simeon, but I, I don't think it's going to be the case either. I, I think it's going to come through a trade, um, but we'll, but we'll see. Uh, the MLB Network on Monday had a had a just a breaking story that the Sox are looking for a left-handed bat, uh, specifically an outfielder, which just, wow, it blew my mind, Pat. Um, And and you'd think, uh, Pat, with the amount of people that work for the MLB network, it feels like there's uh, 150, 200 personalities uh, on their variety of program. Somebody would vet the situation and say, "Wait, wait a second, gang, before we have that story, I don't think this is really news. Uh, the Sox have been looking for a left-handed bat and an outfielder for what feels like maybe a dozen years, um, yeah. but they ran it anyway. And it's something on on your wish list, uh, which is on everybody's wish list—a right fielder. Um, are you are you still feeling uh, that it could be outside of the organization, or are you coming around to the sheets, Vaughn? You know, maybe an angle if if he gets right. Well, I don't think it's going to be Angle. I think they've kind of identified who Adam Angle is. Even though you and I have talked about, I, I'd like to give him more of an opportunity. Uh, but again, I think he'd get more of that opportunity if he was left-handed. Let's just be honest with ourselves. If he was left-handed, <laughs> they love it. it'd be it'd be like, we'll yeah. give him every opportunity to fail. But his body keeps letting him down. He's otherworldly in terms of his defense. And I think he'll always have an, a, a spot on this team or somebody's team because of that. I just don't know that he's shown enough in terms of durability to say this is we're gonna we're gonna plant our flag in a in a Adam Angle, which would be uncomfortable for him. 
Mm-hmm. Get somebody no, their flag not a very, very so, nice way to treat someone during the holidays. No, no. Um, I, can I get behind the the Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets platoon in right field? Boy, I don't know, Nick. I I just don't think that screams. Um, you know, this is we're we're all in and we're going for the we're going to win the World Series. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Mentality. But, but, I I can get behind that at DH. You, you could sell me that. Like this is our DH situation. It's going to be a, a combination of Vaughn and Sheets, and then Vaughn and Sheets to give Abreu a, a rest on uh, certain days at first base. I can get behind that, but I don't know that I can get behind a, a Vaughn and Sheets. Like this is going to be your your starting right field. Can yeah. you? Um. Yeah, I, I I can. I'm coming to terms with it. Um. But well, coming to terms with it and, and getting behind it are two different things, Nick. So you can well, come I, to terms with anything. It's like yeah. I've come to terms with. I'm not going to be a 28 waste anytime soon. I've, <laughs> I've, I've come to terms with that. Okay. But what's getting behind it, getting smart. excited about it, is a different. Be realistic. Thing. Yeah. Um. I again. I I think, and this is not going to answer your question. Is it depends on what they do at second base. If if we if we really go after second base and we make an effort and we've got a solid second baseman, um, I, I'm okay with them saying, all right, well, we're just gonna do sheets and vaughn in right field. Um, I guess that depends on what else they they do with their yeah. needs. Um, and and I honestly I, I still think that they need some starting pitching. I really do. Um, if you're gonna lose Carlos Rodan, Kopek is not gonna just all of a sudden step in. Um, Keuchel's questionable, uh, in my mind. Uh, so I think you're going to have to go after some, some starting pitching. I don't think it's going to be Scherzer. Um, I, I, you know, so there's a lot of question marks that that's why, you know, when it comes to budgets and numbers, the, the budget that the Sox put on themselves is it, they have, they have put that on themselves, right? Like yeah. they can go higher. They, they can go much higher. But, but they live in a, in a lesser world. Yeah. Uh, so then there are all these constraints and creativity like we talked about. And instead of just, hey, there's the guy we want. That's how much they want. Great. We're not going to play these games. That's yeah. going to get us better. And we're going to go all in on this. Um, so we keep talking in circles on this, but um, we'll see. I, I think there's going to be some more moves made. Uh, before December 1st, but I, I really think it's going to be the Kimbrel uh, trade. And, and, and then we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Uh, and that'll set some, maybe some dominoes in motion uh, for potentially right field. I'm going to say there's going to be one, uh, I, I don't want to say surprising, but like, wow. I'll say a wow move before uh, December 1st. That's okay. my prediction. I love a I, wow move. Yeah, I, I love the way you grade the moves. Um, this one's a this one's a wow move. Um, so I'm I'm looking for that. Uh, I hopefully it's a wow move. It's a Pat Hester wow move. Yeah. Um, I think there'll be some some moves. Um, I think they'll get their new strength and conditioning coach. That'll be that'll be wow. Well, I I was I really think it could be Lurie Garcia is back in a White Sox uniform. <laughs> that's not a wow move, and that's that not a wow move. That doesn't register. not for you. For some no. people, that's a wow move. For no, some that's people, not. That's, a, that's not wowy wow wow. Um, before we uh, sign off, uh, we gotta we gotta give some love to Minnie Minoso. Um, in, in the next few days, uh, this Golden a- Days era committee for the Hall of Fame are going to be uh, voting. 
to hopefully uh, get Minnie Minoso into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Minnie passed away in March 2015 at age 89. Um, some really great stuff written by Fegan and, and Vinnie Duber over the last few weeks on, on Minoso. I'm going to read you something uh, that Duber wrote for NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, you can never reduce Minnie Minoso's career to just baseball, said Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro League's Baseball Museum. Minnie Minoso was the Latino Jackie Robinson, hands down, and what he did in this game is noteworthy and certainly justifies Hall of Fame uh, merit. Um, so there was a, a reclassification of Negro League statistics, which adds 111 games to Mini Minoso's uh, record uh, that's coming from Fegan. Uh, his numbers are just unreal, you know, and, and, it, and it puts him in categories comparable to a guy like Jim Rice, who's, who's in the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, it, it's something that you and I, Pat, have talked uh, Hall of Fame over the years and, and what it means for players um, posthumously uh, living. And it's really maybe for their families, um, of course, for them as an individual. But it, the voting is so subjective. But I feel like, you know, the more we're reading and understanding uh, of what the impact Minosa had not just on the baseball diamond, but well outside of it and in and, and generations. I mean, how it's affected guys like uh, Abreu who have talked about uh, Minnie's impact. A guy like that belongs in the Hall of Fame, uh, yeah. you know, for, for everything he stood for on and off the field. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you and I, you know, we're, we're, we're old, but we're, we didn't get to experience Minoso playing. I've seen, you know, maybe some, some grainy video read a lot, um, you know, uh, about his playing days and, and teammates and what they say about uh, him and everything he had to go through. And um, it, it's exciting though, as a, for a Sox fan to hear his name yeah. being talked uh, again and that, you know, he's got a chance for the hall. Yeah, let's hope. And, and this is the one thing that, that struck me, Nick, especially in this day and age when on-base percentage is so, you know, such a, a, a a big deal, you know, when you're talking stats and, and metrics and all that stuff, people always want to talk about on base percentage. You, you put 389 career on base percentage ties him with Frank Robinson and puts them ahead of guys like Tony Gwynn, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and William McCovey. So mm -hmm. Willie McCovey, sorry. And you, you put guys ranking them on lists like that with those types of players. It's almost like it should be a slam dunk. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's craziness. So, yeah. Um, you know, he meant a lot to this organization. He's meant a lot to obviously the game itself and growing the game. And, and, and again, knowing, you know, uh, people now still appreciating what he's done and paving the way. There's no reason why he shouldn't be a hall of famer. It's just unfortunate when this kind of stuff happens, when, you know, people get into hall of fames after they're passing and it's got to be on these committees this should have been done a long time ago and it's unfortunate, but it would be a nice nod to, uh, to him and his family for sure. Yeah. Uh, multiple uh, stints with the white Sox, uh, played for the white Sox from 51 to 57, then from 60 to 61, 1964, 1976 and 1980. He had appearances, um, led the league in triples four times, hit over 300, 11 times, seven years as an all-star. Uh, 
um, on and on. Uh, so yeah, his retire his number has been retired for a long time with the White Sox. He's got a statue out in the concourse. Um, and this would be great for the organization, for Minosa's family, um, you know, for, for just about, just for everything, um, that he stood for, uh, and, and baseball itself, I think we could really, uh, turn a wrong into a right, uh, yeah. by this happening in early December. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, we'll probably be able to even touch on any new developments by the time we get our next episode in, but, uh, December's a coming, my man. Yeah. And, and you know what, he, you know what he means to the organization because, you know, you look back to 2005, he's on the bus, he's on the double decker bus yeah. you know, with, with the team that, that won the world series for the first time in 89 years. So, uh, he's means a lot to the organization. And I think it would mean a lot, uh, to not only again, like him, to his family, but to the white Sox family to, to get him into the hall of fame. Yeah. Uh, Pat, always a pleasure, buddy, uh, talking White Sox with you. Yeah, I can't wait. Happy Thanksgiving, Nick. I uh, yep. hope you have a, a great uh, Thursday with family and, uh, you know, wear the stretchy pants and, mm-hmm. and look into the maternity pants. They're, they're fantastic. <laughs> I will. Uh, I know it's a thing uh, and I will look into it. You know, I might even just get one of these elastic bands you're speaking of and just oh, try yeah. to fashion my own. Uh, just just kind fashion of, them out of some old headbands, right? And it just tie some together. You, you, you can make you're you're an engineer of, of some sort. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like what you've described, I can kind of picture. I could try to figure something out like that. Um, yeah. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, buddy. And uh, again, want to thank uh, our listeners. Uh, thank you so much for uh, letting us steal some of your time. Hopefully, these White Sox conversations continue. Uh, throughout your holiday uh, weekend and beyond you can find us uh, on twitter at good guys tv uh, we've got a facebook fan page you can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcast and of course get some good guys talk back t-shirts and the shy city sports.com uh, website uh, looking forward to talking more white socks in the off season stay tuned for more episodes as we're creeping towards that magical 150 and uh, kicking off season four uh, very soon. Uh, For Pat Hester, I am Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox!